Welcome back to the exclusive Builder Funnel Radio original mini-series, Mastering Facebook Marketing for Remodelers with Danielle Russell. As a reminder, in this series, Danielle and I cover all things Facebook marketing for your building or remodeling business. Most construction businesses are on Facebook, but it feels like a waste of time. We're here to help you get the most out of your time spent with Facebook marketing. Each episode has tactical strategies for generating more brand awareness, website traffic, and leads from your efforts on Facebook. Let's dive into the show. Hey, Danielle, welcome back for the final episode. Final episode. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited about this one because we kind of, well, we ended the last one kind of talking about the sales funnel and making your Facebook page a sales funnel. But this is where you kind of start to accelerate some things if you want to go a little bit faster. So we're going to dive into the world of ads and specifically Facebook ads. We're not talking Google ads or even Instagram ads or LinkedIn ads or anything like that today. They're all their own beast. (laughs) So where should we begin if somebody is new to Facebook ads and they're like, oh man, where do I even get started? Why do I even want to do this? (laughs) Oh, those are all great questions. Um, (laughs) I try to bring the hard hitting questions. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, welcome. Facebook ads are its whole, it's really its own monster. There's so much. So first and foremost, we're kind of just going to go over like this is ads for beginners. This is like the 101 session right now where if I was just helping someone get started and just get some ads up so they can start either driving traffic or converting leads, this is the first conversation we'd have. So first of all, I'd ask, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? What's the point of this ad? Most common and the ones that we're going to talk about right now are increasing the traffic to your website or converting leads right in that Facebook ad. So start there, (laughs) know what your goals are so that you can choose the right kind of ad because Facebook kind of creates the path for you from there and will pull you through their system based on the goal that you select. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't sleep on this step. Number one, like you, you go into this ads environment and if you don't know what your end desired goal or output is, you'll just get lost in the mess. And so, yeah, identifying, Hey, is this, I just want to throw something up there and get more attention on something like maybe you have a great blog or great video. And so you're just trying to drive traffic or I need some leads. I'm, I'm working on conversions. So, okay that's going to change how you might set up the ad. So, okay, good. We've got, got the goal nailed down. So we're not going to go into the, the weeds on like retargeting or warm traffic versus cold traffic and all these different interest campaigns. And we're going we're gonna to start with the basics, but you can do a lot with these, you know, so you can drive a lot of power behind those two main goals and objectives. Is, would you say yes. that that's true? Yeah, these are really the two primary, I would say that we focus on, especially just initially. Like you mentioned, there's so many other goals that you can set and ways that you can maximize Facebook ads. But if you're just looking to get started and you've heard about them, you've never actually tried them and you just need this little push, that's what this episode is going to be for you. We're basically just going to talk through the exact system that Facebook pulls you through and guides you through 
based on either of these two goals. And I'll give some examples, tell some stories, make it feel a little bit more tangible than if you're just doing it with Facebook and not with us right now. But that's ultimately what we're going to jump into. Cool, cool. So where where do we get started? You get started, you set your goal. (laughs) And then the first part of this Facebook ad creator process is you have to know your audience. You have to know who you're talking to. And from there, Facebook's going to start pulling out the next step and the next question to keep guiding you through that process. So the three most basic, common, target demographic audience questions that you need to start thinking through are, think about, I'm going to hearken back to a previous episode, think about your ideal buyer, that perfect project that you enjoyed doing so much. And think about how if you were trying to get more people like them to your website or to convert on a Facebook ad, start thinking about those people, those buyers, um, whoever the researcher and the buyer, the decision maker, and target them. And you can go through, you can pick age ranges, you can pick job titles, locations. Was it the mom? And then, I mean, that's usually that's a pretty common decision maker when you're thinking through who you're trying to convert on your site and who you're trying to drive to the site. That's just by nature of common remodeling projects. We get that a lot. So that's the very beginning. And as you're thinking about the person, start thinking about their hobbies and their interests and Some of the things, for example, that we talked about in a previous episode is families who are looking to stay in that neighborhood. So you can't like literally select that in Facebook, but extrapolate and think through that. So you can pick families whose kids are a certain age. So you could target families in a specific location whose kids are between the ages of You could go like elementary school through high school are probably a really good audience right there. If that's all you did, that would be a great starting place. Yeah. And even just getting down to the zip code level, a lot of times Mm -hmm. is just super powerful because you know, you're probably top two or three zip codes that you want to be working in. And so if you're just going to say, Hey, I'm just going to saturate these zip codes and try to get my ads in front of, you know, these people, you know, then obviously you don't want to just stop there if you have more information and more insight, like you were just mentioning about if it's age range or gender or interests. Uh, we, I think in a previous episode, we talked about if they maybe play golf or they um, are a member of a country club or different things like that, shop at certain places. You know, these are all like really golden nuggets, you know, of yeah. information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad you bring up hobbies and interests to that level, like golf, because that's a super powerful way to identify based on your areas. Now we're starting to think through home value. And another way to extrapolate that is based on someone's hobbies, if they have expendable income. And people who golf, people who play tennis, people who go to yoga. They like boating. Yeah. (laughs) Boating, (laughs) wine tasting, craft beer. Those are some really common... viewers, listeners, um, if you're laughing right now, 
I did too. And then I started using those and targeting those and they really do. It works in the sense that you're targeting people who we know are in that income range. They have expendable income. They they like to do things, which we can kind of assume that means maybe they host or they have friends who have a similar level of expendable income and they enjoy spending time together. So if we can get them to remodel their home so that they can host and have events there. So it sounds silly, that face value, but try it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And as you were talking about it, I guess something that comes to mind for me is let's say you're in a town of 400,000 people or something like that. Obviously that's maybe, and maybe that's who you can get to driving distance that you actually want to. Maybe there's 400,000 people within a 30 minute drive and you're like, that's as far as I'll go. Not all those people are a good match for you. They're, they're not all the right type of customers. And so each time you layer in one of these interests or age ranges, you're narrowing that field. And you're narrowing the field, giving you a better chance of getting your ad in front of that exact right person. And some of your ads are going to go to not the right people. And that's just part of this process. But if you can take that 400,000 down to a world of 10,000 or 5,000 or you know 20,000 or whatever it is, and you know that those are all the, generally the right type of people, then you're, you know your ads are, you're spending that money more wisely. And so each layer that you add in there just helps narrow that field and, and make sure you're using those dollars in a, in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you were saying, just not everybody is a good fit either. They're not looking to remodel right now. That's maybe that's their goal for their second home. And you can even target right down to people who are house hunting, people who are first time buyers, and you can target homeowners, which is also probably make that a requirement when you're building your ad set. So thinking through what what your favorite project looks like and who those people are, sit down, jot down some notes and look those up and see if that's a viable interest or hobby or description demographic in Facebook ads. Odds are there's at least something super close to that yeah, that yeah. target. Yeah, and they're always changing what you can and can't target, but there's always mm-hmm. enough in there that you can narrow the field pretty well. So, so once somebody's worked their way through the targeting, what, what comes next? Facebook's going to ask you to set a budget, and this recently kind of reformatted. So I want to stress that it will automatically select daily budget. So whatever you have entered is your daily budget. We see people making this mistake when they meant for it to be a lifetime budget and (laughs) suddenly they wake up and that $50 ad turned into $50 a day for a week. And usually at least it's generating a lot of traffic and leads, but just make sure you select the right, (laughs) uh, how you want to pay. So next step is Facebook's going to ask you how much you're willing to spend on this ad set. Gotcha. So you got to pick the budget and then then we'll actually get into the creative part. Yeah. And as you're, as you're setting this budget based on how much you have, that's also where you're going to set your timeline because there are typical spend minimums. And last time I checked, it was $5 a day. So 
estimating how much, how long you want this ad to be running, how long this campaign or whatever it is that you're promoting, how long that that needs to be live to keep generating traffic and leads. And then you can build your budget based on that or vice versa. If you have a set budget that you know you want to spend, then Facebook will tell you here are how many days that that can run. Yeah. Yeah. And with a lot of this stuff too, you you start with these best practices that we're laying out, but you're going to have testing and optimization as you get these ads going because you'll see what's performing and you know we'll probably get into a little bit on some ad sets and stuff like that. But yeah, that's good advice. Watch out, make sure you've got the daily budget or the campaign budget or however that's set up and then you're not spending more than you want. So once you got that, then we get into the actual like ad part of it, right? The creative and the headlines and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So now we're getting into creating the visual. So starting with image is probably the most common one. That's where Facebook ads started. It was just an image. You can also now do carousel ads where if you've ever in the app been scrolling through several pictures, that's a carousel ad. And then video is the other most common one. Those are the three I usually recommend depending on the content our clients have and also what the goal is, what they're promoting. So we can talk through some examples, some use cases of each of those pieces of content. Yeah, let's let's do that, you know, so we can start with the image ad because, yeah, I mean, it depends on the offer and the goal and all these different things. So maybe we can give some people some ideas for, okay, I'm, I've selected image ad, you know, what what could that look like or what? Why would I do that? Yeah. So a great case of when you would want to use an image, you could create a graphic in Canva. We can link to Canva in the show notes. But if you have a really killer before and after image that will really visually drive your point home of how much it's going to change someone's life to remodel their kitchen, for example, before and afters. They perform so well in this, the image category. So you could use that if you want, even just to drive people straight to your contact form, you could do that. If you're just trying to, maybe you have a kitchen cost guide or a kitchen design guide that you've created and you're trying to drive traffic to those so that people get to that page and qualify themselves a little bit more, then those are other uses that you could use. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you could even take that same thing and and test where you're driving it to drive it to the portfolio page. Or if you have the project like right up on the before and after, and then on that page, you have the design guide and the consultation and people are going to opt in top or bottom of the funnel, depending on where they're at. I mean, those are things like, again, you can get into the weeds on testing, like, okay, when I drive here, this happens when I drive here, this happens, but you could keep the same creative and just try driving it to different kind of calls to action. Absolutely. And we won't get too deep into this in this episode, but you can A-B test. You can create different images that are all driving within the same campaign that are all driving to the same link for the same goal, same purpose. And Facebook will automatically allot your budget, um, whichever one's performing better and either getting more conversions or more traffic than the majority of your budget will just align to that one. And I highly recommend that Facebook Mm -hmm. is 
they've got a lot of smart people running the algorithms. And so if they're automatically running these things to optimize around the best performing ad, all you have to do is just say, here's three or four images, and then it'll take a little bit of time and then it'll see, oh, these two are the best. We're going to show those more and you'll get a better you know, performance out of your, your dollars and your spending. So uh, using that before and after example, if you have three different ones or you try an after and a before and after, maybe, maybe one of, you know, sometimes it's the one you don't think is going to win and that one wins. So that's why I say like, just have some tests running. Mm-hmm. We had, I remember we had a client once who you always assume it's going to be like a kitchen or a master bathroom. That's going to be, everybody wants that done. And for whatever reason, it was this stunning living room that had built in bookcases and a floor to ceiling stone fireplace. And I mean, the kitchens and the bathrooms are beautiful too, but for whatever reason, that living room every single time outperformed. And I never would have guessed a living room over kitchen and bath, but you don't know until, yeah, you're in those ad sets and test them. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn a little bit more about your target market too, mm-hmm. by seeing what, what performs better. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So when do you use like a single image versus like, why would you use a carousel with the multiple images? Yes. So carousel, there are a couple of use cases where I've seen that being extremely powerful. One, let's say you're pushing whole home remodeling And that means several rooms. So the remodeling projects would touch the whole main level, maybe. So a guest room, that hallway, bathroom, kitchen, open concept floor plan. If you're trying to really showcase more than just one picture can really drive home, that's another great time to use the carousel. And you're still, to clarify, it's still all the same goal. You're still just trying to get someone to click whatever that one CTA is, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but every image just portrays a different room. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's a good, yeah, good example of one because, well, one, we know that if you're trying to feature a bunch of different areas, trying to jam them all into one image or do a collage, like it's not going to, you know, not going to come out very good. But Mm -hmm. two, you know, if people see that ad, everyone's really comfortable with the paging through and people can page through images really fast. And so it's a nice way to get, you know, more display of your ad for the same like click value or view value, because they're just going to see the one, but they might see four pictures or five pictures. So yeah. Is there another, like other use cases for the carousel besides, you know, featuring different types of rooms or something like that? Yeah. You could even just be doing all about kitchens but all the different styles because you don't really Mm. know what your audience is looking for. So unless there is a super specific design type in your area, but that's pretty rare. Usually people, maybe what someone wants is mid-century modern and then someone else is going to want more of like a warm traditional feel and someone else wants that super clean lines, white, bright, modern feel, hyper-modern. So another time that you could showcase all these different design styles that your team can deliver. And it's still all promoting kitchen remodeling. But anytime you can get someone to stop and scroll, they're spending more time with your pictures. They're spending more time with your brand. 
and you're showcasing not only your wide breadth of capabilities and craftsmanship, but until you know which kitchen they're looking for, showing them that you can deliver on several different styles is super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and it's like you said, everyone has a different style they like. And so whatever that first image is may not be their favorite style, but if you can show them a few and you catch them on the third one, they're like, Oh yeah, I'll click through, you know? So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a good the, one. One. that's, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. We got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. else can you do with the carousel? Another really successful one that I've seen particularly this spring and summer is basement remodeling because there are so many different rooms and things that people want right now in a basement. So for example, if you can showcase a guest suite, a home office, a home gym, that separate learning or craft space for kids, having a game room or like a man cave, a she shed, whatever, whatever that is. But if you can showcase that you can do every single one of those. So people are scrolling through and they're just like, man, I need all of this. But (laughs) if there's a specific one that they really need, that's just a great way to showcase and to pull people in and like really make them feel that pain point right now that you can solve for them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's another good use case. Do you feel like, have you seen is the carousel just better than the single image or does it really just depend on the the campaign and the the purpose? I tend to see carousels outperforming images, but I, yeah, it's tough to say because I've never, they're like apples and oranges. They can't really go exactly head to head. The carousels, every single image as you scroll has a CTA and a headline on it too. So it's kind of, it's that much more compelling and engaging, even though everything clicks through to the same, whatever that next step is for them. I think it's one of those things too, where like picture someone on their phone and it, it takes up their whole screen. They're stopping, pausing long enough to swipe through. And I think it's just that much stickier, that much more powerful of a brand awareness move too. And I've seen some really creative uses of it. I'll definitely link in the show notes some examples, a cool article that I read about different examples that you can use. Like, for example, if you had a 360 degree image of a whole main level and people are swiping through and it's just like, it's that Mm, one. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like breaking it up with maybe your logo and some cool branding, but they keep swiping to see just that one full shot. Yeah, I've seen some stuff on Instagram too, where it's like three quarters of the image and then it's showing like a part of the next image. So it's like encouraging you to swipe through and you see you're like Mm -hmm. getting a little teaser of image two. So I'm sure you could do something like that as just kind of a spinoff of the 360 degree idea as well. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. And anytime you can add in some of that like creativity and design element, that's just showcasing your craftsmanship and your design and your creativity that much more. And when someone, maybe that's specifically what they're looking for. And that's a huge win for them to see that even just in your Facebook ad, which sounds funny, but everything is branding. So that's just another good point. Yeah. Yeah. Of people noticing those details. Yeah. So, so there's the single image, there's the carousel. What else can you do when you're in kind of this 
creative state of selecting the type of ad. The next one is video. And I always save that for last because I know that's where we get the most pushback. And I (laughs) want people to see that you can be successful without video. But when you asked me image or carousel, my answer would be video every time. Fair enough. Video (laughs) ads. That's, I mean, that's the all out winner. That's the hands down winner. That's our brains process stories. We process emotions. We look for faces. I mean, nothing I'm saying is new. Everybody's heard this before. None of that should be surprising. So video ads are, even if it's just like B-roll and there's movement in the ad, that's all it takes. It draws people in and we identify when we see other humans and other actions and it's that much more engaging. Especially if you're interrupting someone's experience in their newsfeed, which you are with ads. Yes. By nature, ads are interruptive. So, (laughs) if you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BillBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, I'm sure everyone hated that that was your answer, which is (laughs) pick video every time. But honestly, it's a good, anybody listening, good opportunity to blow everyone else out of the water because nobody wants to get in front of the camera. So if you can do that, you've got a good opportunity in front of you. Mm -hmm. So so what are some good examples or style, like video style ads that people can maybe start thinking about? A process video. What's your process? What's it like to work with you? If you're honestly, I like the combo ads. I tried to like really simplify this, but I'm going to go off script for a second. I would say if you can kick it off with a video testimonial, even if it's just like five to 10 seconds of hearing from a client of how their life has changed in working with you and how much they enjoyed working with you. And then you could hop into the rest of it is about your process or about whatever that is going to be, whatever. I'm not picky. If you have video, you can turn it into an ad. But I would say you basically have three seconds to capture someone's attention. So keeping that in mind with the beginning of your, with any of your ads, I think out the gate, starting with a client chat and a client talking about you and working with you and how much they love their new space. And then either the whole ad is a testimonial or you could transition into 
educating someone about your process. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, that beginning hook is so important. And I always just, as soon as you said that, oh man, yeah, that's something that often gets overlooked. But if you think about your own experience scrolling on Facebook or Instagram and how fast you move and how little time you give something to catch your attention, the first couple seconds, man, it's important. It's critical. (laughs) Yeah. Think about like, here's something we can all relate to. These are the ads everybody sees, but for example, a fitness app or Noom, that like diet and fitness app, they don't start by showing the behind the scenes what the app looks like when you're using it. They show someone who's talking about how much it's changed their life and how they're so happy and proud. And now fitness and nutrition have become part of their daily lives and they just feel better and happier. That's where the ads always start. And then it might start going through and showing how you can use the app and what the programs look like, but it never starts there. It starts with the testimonial. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, really good point. And what, so what else should people be thinking about as they're putting together these video ads? Cause I know you're listening and you're going to go do this and you're going to put one together and you're going to launch it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for you guys. <laughs> yeah. The next thing that you need to do is include captions because I mean, picture yourself number one, but it's something wild, like over 80% of people watch all videos and ads on Facebook on silent. So even if you have this killer ad and it's running and people see it and they watch it, but they're not listening, they're not really actually qualifying themselves. Maybe they're spending some time with your brand and that's still great. But if they don't know what your client is saying and if they don't know what your process is, they're probably not going to click through. So making sure that after you invested all this time in creating this video and aligning schedules to get a client testimonial and having teammates talk about the process and shooting this video and putting it into ad format, spend the extra five minutes to have even Facebook will process your video and add captions. And then you just have to go through and edit to make sure they're perfect. Yeah. And that's that simple. Yeah. And that's the way to go, you know, have them process it and add it. Cause then, you know, it's going to flow it into the ad for their format, the best it'll look the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I know when I saw that stat, I can't remember when it was, I think we were at the inbound conference a couple of years ago or something. And you go, Oh my gosh, we're just all watching all these silent <laughs> videos, silent <laughs> movies, but it makes sense because a lot of times you're in line somewhere or you're just with people where you're not going to just like click and put your phone on super loud. And so almost everything that you see scrolling, I mean, it's got to have captions or you're gone. You're like, what is this person saying? I wish I could hear them, but I can't, and I'm not going to come back and I'm not going to turn my sound on. So see mm-hmm. you later. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. no, that's, that's huge. And if somebody were to like hover for a second and notice that there's a person talking, there are no captions and they're just going to scroll right through. That's a, you paid for that. You paid for that view and that person got maybe a split second of time seeing that ad, but you paid for that ad to be pushed into their feed and you lost them that quickly. Yeah. Bummer. (laughs) All right. So that's the visual part. You've got the image, the carousel, the video. We know you should do the video, but if you can't pull that off or you just need some more time, then try the image and try the carousel. 
what happens after the the visual? What else do we need to be working through here? Next is your button, the call to action. And if you're creating the carousel, then you're also creating your headlines at that point too. So we'll talk through just picking the right call to action first. Then I'll give some examples of what those headlines are and what a successful headline would look like. But if you're spending money and time making ads, please do not let learn more be your call to action. That's the one thing I will say. Most buttons will work as long as it makes sense for whatever that next step is. And it's not misleading when someone does click and get to that next page. You want them to know exactly why they clicked and what they're going to learn so that they don't just bounce because that's probably one of the second worst things that can happen after someone just scrolling right past your silent video. Make sure people know what they're going to find on the other side of that click. So for example, sign up would mean you're trying to get someone to your blog or newsletter page where they can sign up. Even that I think is a little too top of the funnel. If you're investing in ads, I would go straight for either downloading a cost guide or a design guide of some sort, or even going straight for the schedule a consultation. And there are very smart ways that we can talk about very briefly about how to push those more bottom of the funnel ones by targeting people who have already taken some sort of action or spent some sort of amount of time with your ads in the past. That's an ad set that you can push. And that would be great to go straight to a schedule a consultation or virtual design consultation, whatever your next step is right now. Those would be the top ones that I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, those are good. And and to your point, you know, you, you want that you are limited within Facebook's options on what what that can say, you know, the button says, but use the more powerful, you know, more direct, you know, phrasing if if applicable. You know, sometimes that learn more is like a last resort if none of the other ones are really a fit, but most likely you can design your ad around a, a stronger call to action. So yeah, that's good. So let's talk, let's talk headlines. Uh, you said those, you're kind of doing this all at the same time. You're loading up the creative and doing the button and the headlines. So what's important to think about there? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the examples that we used of when to use these carousels. So if it's whole home remodeling, so there are several different rooms that you're showcasing, then hit the, that pain point for each of those rooms. So for example, if it's an open concept layout, then why does someone want that? Find that why. And that's your headline. So putting me on the spot, um, a good, (laughs) (laughs) a good pain point for someone who wants an open concept main level, maybe they want to be able to be able to see their kids or if they're hosting and cooking at the same time. So targeting a pain point around that and using that as the headline. So cook and host all from your gourmet kitchen, something along those lines. And for each room, understanding why someone actually wants that project done and why they want to remodel and maybe have, um, maybe they're embarrassed by their outdated hall bathroom. There's a headline for you. It's really People aren't visiting much right now and people are really looking forward to when they can visit again. 
that's a pain point behind building this guest room so that they can host and people can stay. We're getting not immediately close to the holidays, but in remodeling timelines, we're getting close to the holidays. So I'm already running kitchen remodeling ads for my clients, pushing those classic holiday hosting pain points. So yep, I've got some before kitchen. Thanksgiving and all that mm-hmm, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've got some of those kitchen carousel ads running right now that are directly targeting those pain points of, you know, are you embarrassed by your outdated kitchen? Don't have room to host, et cetera, et cetera, for each, whatever all those pain points tend to be when someone wants to host and isn't, (laughs) won't until they remodel. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good examples and kind of just good principles. I feel like, you know, it's think thinking through to the pain or the, you know, the goal and, and typically pain is more gripping, you know, than the more positive spin on it. And so, but you can test them both, you know, um, you can do it goal-based or, you know, removing pain-based, you know, that it's the same outcome, but you're, you're framing it differently. And, we always talk about here, like each thing that you're doing within this like flow has a goal. And the goal of the headline is to make them stop dead in their tracks and actually look at the ad. And then it's going to be the creative and the like one or two sentence description there and the button that get them to take the action. And so if you think about that headline, it's okay if it's a little over the top or it's a little bit like out there and, you know, abrasive or, you know, any of the, like, it has to stop them in a speed scroll basically (laughs) to catch their attention. And so if you take that combined with exactly what you said, which is where's the pain, then you'll, you'll end up with a nice killer headline that actually gets somebody to to see your ad, which is, you know, part of the battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And an example of a positive spin on a pain point, for example, is if you're trying to push maybe like a a master suite remodel. So like a nice spacious master bedroom, beautiful master bathroom and a walk-in closet. You can use more positive language around like start designing the master suite that you deserve, something like that. And it's not it doesn't feel negative at all. Maybe they're not embarrassed by their master bedroom right now, but we all need a little place to escape to in our own homes right now. So that's another good pain point that you can push on, but nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And and a lot of those, you see that a lot with, I guess, fitness too, where you, you see the kind of the more negative spin, but it's the more like, oh, I want this. And you're, you're kind of striving on that more positive angle. And so you can apply it with, uh, with pretty much any room in the home as well. Yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. And then in showcasing the basement and like all the different styles you could have, it's kind of similar to that where People know, you know, we're working, they're working from home right now and they really want this home office that they can escape to. Or if their kids are, there's, they don't have daycare right now, so their kids are home. That's another great positive spin that you can put on a pain point is being able to design the home office of your dreams, stuff like that. So it doesn't have to be negative. It can absolutely be that positive spin if that's more your brand too. Yeah. But just make sure it grabs them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stop what? Uh, yeah. Stop the scroll. Just think about that when you're writing that headline. 
So are we ready to publish or anything else we need to think about before we, <laughs> we finally can, a lot of steps here. We're ready to like get this thing out into the world. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you have the right link would be the final Good step. step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that you picked your button, you have that call to action, uh, include the right link. And one thing I will say about whatever page you're driving traffic to, make sure there's a way to capture information on that page. So if you're paying for traffic and paying for someone to click over to your website, there better be a form so that they become a lead if they're ready to be a lead. Yep. That's a critical one. Yeah. It's, there are some use cases where you're just looking to drive traffic, but I would say they're rare and you always want to be at least driving traffic. And then you still have a way to capture and convert is if you don't, you're, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in talking about driving traffic, you got to have the Facebook pixel on and we don't like there aren't enough hours in the rest of today to get into all the reasons why and how to set up a Facebook pixel, but it's a pretty quick process. And the benefits of it are that Facebook is able to track these people who are clicking through and going to your website and now you can set up a retargeting campaign down the road, which means you can push ads to be in front of people who have already clicked through before. So someone who has already taken an action on one of your ads before, you can now make sure that they continue to see more ads that you're publishing. And that's just more brand time. Those are more offers if maybe the first one was enticing, but wasn't quite what they were looking for yet or they just weren't ready that first time. And six months later, they're really ready. They're now in their consideration phases and looking for you again. Yeah, that's a big one. Because if you don't convert them, get their name and email, you can still get in front of them. And it's typically, you can target those people a lot cheaper than your original ad. So you can, you pay a little more the first time, but then they click, but now you can retarget them for less, a lot less. So yeah, that's a really powerful step. I'm glad you mentioned that, just making sure you've got that pixel installed so you can track and, and retarget. So, yeah. so at this point, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just saying you've got their cookies now. Yeah, yeah, you got the yeah. Unless they clear their cookies and their cash, and then you know you got to restart over. But most people don't, and they or they at least don't very often. And so, yeah, we ready to hit publish or or what else? <laughs> yeah, let's publish that because I don't want too many barriers of entry here for anyone. It really can just be this short process, um, just following these these basic guidelines that we talked about and thinking through your ideal buyer when you're picking those target demographics and the ad set, thinking through the timeline and the budget, and then which creative is going to be most effective based on your goal. And if your goal is to drive traffic, make sure you have that Facebook pixel, hit publish. That's really, awesome. yeah, it, I was trying to break it down so it doesn't feel scary because it's really not that much when you're actually in Facebook being guided through this process. And then the only thing you need to do once you hit publish is make sure that you're taking the time to learn from the analytics at the end. So it's not just like a 
uh, set it and forget it. <laughs> I think that's the phrase. This is a keep going back and checking and see see what you can learn, especially if you did A-B testing. And now uh, you can see which images are really driving the traffic and driving conversion and getting you leads. That's going to tell you a lot about your audience, like you mentioned earlier. And making sure you're just aware of what's going on so that you can grow and improve and test. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I almost feel like, I mean, I hate to say this too, because you just tried to make it simple, but uh, I almost feel like once you hit publish, that's like where it starts, you know, Mm -hmm. because then you're going, okay, now we're in the game. Now we can start to see the data come through. We can make adjustments, we can improve. And so like everything you outlined in this episode is like shortcutting a lot of lessons learned to like make sure you're starting on a good foot, but still for your market and your audience, you're going to still need to test things and try to hone this in and, and perfect it. So, you know, just start getting that, that content out there, start getting the ads running so that you actually have data to, to look at and, and monitor. So yeah. hopefully that didn't scare everyone, but <laughs> it's somewhat true. <laughs> so. What's, there's a phrase for that. You can only improve what you can measure. Yep, and absolutely. This is a perfect example of that. So unless you're just publishing one Facebook ad and never doing it again, then fine. But if you're trying to make it part of your your digital marketing strategy or just your marketing strategy in general, then you got to go check those measurements so that you can keep improving them and growing that strategy and understanding what's working and maybe sometimes also what's not so that you can pivot strategy and try a video ad instead of just a static image, for example. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you mentioned video, so I'll throw out one more suggestion, which is, you know, we talk about having a guide a lot of times, like a design guide or a pricing guide, some a downloadable conversion offer. You can easily just have somebody hold up their phone, you stand in front of the camera, you kind of explain what's in the guide, like tell them to click the link to download. I just recorded probably six six versions of those types of ads saying slightly different things and we're testing different headlines. And like Those are simple to film. There's, you don't need a lot of editing or almost no editing. You can just do a one-take wonder. It's you know 10 seconds, it's 30 seconds. You're just talking. And so if video feels intimidating, that might be, just be an easy way to get into the game. And it's like, oh, I don't need to have all this fancy B-roll or I haven't been able to film a customer testimony and we get all these things in our head that stop us from just trying something. And I think that's a really simple one and it can be powerful. And then you, you start getting all that face brand awareness of, you know, you um, where people are seeing you over and over. And even if they don't click the first few times, then it starts to build that brand equity and, and you start to see some pretty good results. So hopefully that helps. But Danielle, we've covered a lot in this mini-series. We definitely dove deep into a few different areas. Any parting words of wisdom or final thoughts for people that have gone through all of this and now they're getting ready to put some of it into action? Get in front of the camera. (laughs) (laughs) My parting words of wisdom. Yeah, just start. And that's really, you just have to pick, pick an episode and just try implementing something from that one episode. This isn't something that you have to like sit down this next week and try and get everything done from this mini series. But if there's one episode that something struck a chord and 
you're like, wow, yeah, we have a really great story. Let me update our story on our Facebook profile page and start there. You know, just pick something, somewhere to start and do it and just keep chipping away and you'll see, you'll see the difference. You'll see the results. They'll speak for themselves and that'll generate some excitement to keep pushing and keep trying new things because if you set aside the boosting strategy and advertising episodes of this mini series, all of this is free and all it costs is your time. So if you already have, you're already investing in professional photography, and if you're already investing your time in writing these blogs and designing your website pages to be user-friendly and beautiful, get them out there because Facebook's totally free for you to just share that information and it'll help that much more if your page is built to be a sales funnel and it's optimized and people can get to your page and choose you. Good advice. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, action is always better than, you know, years and years of planning and thinking about it and even if it's not perfect. So yeah, that's that's awesome advice and I think a good way to, to wrap up the mini series. For everybody listening, hopefully you've gotten a lot out of these six episodes. And as a quick reminder, if you want to learn more about Builder Funnel Academy, the doors are still open. They're closing very, very soon head over to builderfunnelacademy.com slash join. And as a bonus, Danielle's course that takes everything we've talked about in these episodes and goes a few layers deeper is also worth throwing that in as a bonus completely free. So you'll see that when you get over to builderfunnelacademy.com slash join. But Danielle, thanks so much for uh, putting this all together and spending the time. Thanks for having me. And for anyone who does join Builder Funnel Academy, you can start writing down lists of questions because I will be in some live Q&As in there. So if you have any follow-up questions from this mini-series, I truly do hope that you'll write them down and bring those to those sessions. Very cool. Very cool. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this original mini-series here on Builder Funnel Radio and hope you learn some things from Danielle. She's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Facebook marketing, uh, Facebook ads, basically all things social media, but obviously we focused on Facebook for this one. So I really hope that you'll take some of this information, put it into action. Each episode had different takeaways. And so if you're uh, needing a refresher, just go back to them. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you too, just what you think of the mini series. If you like these deep dives, If you want to see a specific topic, I can always track down a guest and find somebody that we can dive into something that you want to learn about. Our goal is to continue to do these as we move forward. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So shoot me an email at radio at builderfunnel.com. Send me a note. Just say, hey, we're loving it. Hey, we'd love to see this topic. You know, any sort of feedback. uh, We always love to hear from you guys. And quick reminder, builderfunnelacademy.com slash join. Check it out if you're interested and want to learn more about what we're up to over there. And we really, really appreciate you guys supporting Builder Funnel Radio, listening to the podcast, and we're just going to keep making this thing bigger and better and getting you guys the information you need to grow your businesses and move ahead. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio.